I'm Carrie Benedett, and this is my podcast, Thriving Matters, where you will find tools to revitalise you and your relationships, whether at work or in your personal life. Well, a little bit about me. I'm an education consultant specialising in emotional intelligence, and I use creative approaches that empower people with proven processes. I'm known for my high energy, passion and compassion for those in need of help. And I like to shine a spotlight on what we can do. I'm here to bring positivity, confidence and strength every day, everywhere. My mantra in life has been, let's give it a red hot shot. My guest today is the most amazing young woman and I did meet Louise Martin last year in China and uh, we were doing some international teaching together and it was an absolute joy to have bumped into Louise and I hope you're going to enjoy our conversation today. So from London in England, how are you Louise? Carrie, I am really, really well. The weather has been beautiful and now it is back to being the usual UK weather, but I'm absolutely great, yeah. Thank you so much. I am really quite fascinated. You have a really passionate career in education and also a passionate love of all things well-being for yourself. So our podcasts are always talking to ordinary gals like you and I who are doing extraordinary things. And I believe there are plenty of us around the world. So it's a story I like to share. So that's why I've asked you if you'd like to be on Thriving Matters podcast this episode. (laughs) Right back at you. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I'm going to start um, straight up because we are living and working as best we can in really uncertain times at the moment. So I'm going to ask you, do you have a go-to wellbeing strategy that you're using during the COVID-19 pandemic? Yeah, so just to give you a bit of context about what's happening in the UK, um, we are now in full shebang lockdown. And what that means is that it started around 23rd of March and there was a few days surrounding that that all the schools were on you know, we're going to close down, we needed to get all that prepared. And as you said, so I'm a deputy head in a school in London. So there's a big ownership on, you know, getting the resources um, done for the kids, um, getting staff prepared. So there's a lot of energy. Um, so that week, uh, prior to full shebang lockdown, um, had a lot of tasks to do. So I was kept very busy. And then we had a week of lockdown, which is the getting used to what's happening and then we were into officially and obviously you can't see me but I'm putting this in inverted commas Easter holidays and that was the first time to be honest Carrie where I had to stop and think because I'd had something to do for two weeks prior to this and that was when I really needed to think about my well-being and things I could do and have control over in a situation where there is no control you know diets go out of habit I love my exercise all the gyms are shut Barry's I know you've got a Barry's in Sydney when I come and see you I'm defo going all those like go-to measures if you're feeling a bit down in the dumps you can't do so I stripped it right back and it comes back to three things that really work well for me exercise so in the UK we're allowed out for one hour every day 
and it's an opportunity for you to go out and do some exercise. Now, exercise differs for all people. Some people do a walk along the embankment, along the river. I'm a runner, so I love going for a run. You've got people doing burpees in the park and that transforms your day. Um, the second thing is eat as best you can. I think this whole nightmare is going to teach everybody is that we are so fortunate to have foods in our houses and on our plates because there are so many people that you know might be on zero contracted hours have had huge implications to their business and actually putting food on the table is a really big stress so eat as well you can you know try name for your plate to have protein veggies some carbohydrates, not as much as you used to because you're obviously not moving as much, but you know, some good fats and that will make you feel better. What happened in the UK, I don't know if this happened in ours, uh, Carrie, is there was a mass hysteria. So even before we went into lockdown, could you buy a tin of chickpeas? Could you? <laughs> Lou roll, oh my days. Lou roll was going out to, like out of fashion. Um, but you know like you're going to be eating differently but ultimately you know protein comes in various sources and making sure that you're getting you know mm. a balanced diet don't go what happened with the mass hysteria of panic buying chocolate because you're not moving and the more rubbish you're eating that's going to make you feel <laughs> that's good and then the third thing is have a giggle you know oh. try and just do something that makes you laugh whether it's looking at a youtube phoning a girlfriend recounting a crude british sense of humor story that do toilet humor whatever just have a laugh so three things here do a workout eat as best you can and have a giggle now this week for me it was all going tickety-boo so i'm throwing all these british phrases in for you carrie <laughs> and then i had a moment and I channeled these three things. And honestly, and I can't say for everybody, but it really did elevate my mood. And usually I'm pretty, like my mental health, because I take my well-being very seriously. I don't usually see any dips. You know, we all have an off day. But this was like a whoosh. You know, mm. like if, a, if your water pressure goes, and I have no mechanical insight whatsoever, but that pressure just dropped and it was like a black cloud came over me living by myself. It suddenly dawned on me that nobody has touched my skin in four yeah. weeks because everybody was social distancing before we had to social distance. Yeah. Um, no brush in the shops. And I'm a big hugger, as you know. And it was that, and it was just like whoosh. But those three things do a workout, Eat, avoid the alcohol, because if you're feeling a bit, well, that's not great, and have a giggle. That's like the magic trifecta, isn't it? Because you're covering movement, nutrition, and also the chemicals, the hormones that we release to feel good. I've got to add here, and you've just triggered this for me, uh, we have a CD of the goodies, and we put it on three nights ago, and our youngest son that still lives with us had seen a couple of episodes when he was a little bloke, but we sat there and we just roared with laughter. It was the episode where they, they feed the cat, so it's so big it turns out to be the giant cat. The goodies are on their bikes and they're cycling along and they collect all these animals and they feed them. Well, they overfeed the cat and the 
the cat becomes this big gigantos through the streets, you know, and it's absolutely hilarious. And I had forgotten how clean and how funny their humour was and how it still applies for today. I mean, how do you have a sadness that's also a gift? And there's the death of one of the goodies and they gave us something to really laugh about. So that's what we did the other day. So we got the giggle in, yeah. So thanks for sharing that trifecta with us. Yeah. Well, because in the UK we are limited as to when we can go out, yeah. laughing releases the same endorphins as going for a run or doing some exercise. So it's just a cheap win. When you can't go out, just have a laugh. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> no nonsense. I think our life and our work have actually merged together. And um, how we thrive or how we actually maintain a sense of self, how we grow, isn't always easy. So thriving doesn't always have to be seen as ecstatic and full of energy and optimism. Often it's realistic and moving us from those situations that actually do affect us and get us down and then moving us to being able to think differently, I think is a way that I like to look at thriving. So I was going to ask you, has there been a pivotal moment or a person or experience in your life that has had an impact on how you like to show up every day, Louise? So in my early 20s, my mum passed away. So she had two bouts of breast cancer. And she, like, you know, everybody, your mum is your go-to person. And that was a real critical moment and a very hard moment because that person is, go and ask your mum, is no longer there. But I'm absolutely fortunate that since that's happened, so this is like 10 years now, that so many women of all ages have come into my life and almost has been the support that my mum would have given have been like planted in all these women. And some of them are my age, some of them are a little older, but really, really wonderful mechanisms of support. And there's one woman in particular who's going to get very embarrassed when I say this about her. And her name is Gisley Lamon. Now, she is how to be a head teacher. So when Gisley listens to this, I always talk about Gisley. I mean, when it was uh, International Women's Day, she was the person. But Gisley, and you need to get her on here, she's South African. Um, <laughs> full stop. That's it. There's more about her. She's wonderful. So Gisley and I used to work together at my last school. And she was the head of academy there, so like the principal. And she's setting up a new school now in Clapham. And she is the person that if I want honest feedback, whether I want it at the time or not, Carrie, <laughs> um, she is the go-to person. And so how you show up is that when we all have a bit of a uh, moment, or like, I don't want to, like a stompy feet, a little lady Lulu, you know, she is the person who, it's like, suck it up, princess. But I can go to, I can ask for her for advice. She's just awesome. She is my person that I go to who makes me show up. But I wonder, would I have had that relationship with her if I hadn't have gone through that with my mum? So mm. I think if my mum was the pivotal moment, but it's not like you're looking for a replacement that it's just the skills of going to your mom. That's I've looked in for other people. And being an educator yourself, leading your own staff and your own team, but also educating those uh, children 
and families that you have in your community, that's another show up mechanism, isn't it? Because I look at those who are significant in my life for various reasons, like Gisley is to you. So a lot of how you show up, that's the expectation and the motivation that Gisley can help you with, that then impacts, it trickles down to those that you lead and how you affect those that you work with. Absolutely. And I think this is why in teachers, we need to look after our well-being because you cannot have an off day in front of the kids. You have got to, in UK, we have the teaching standards and there's eight teaching standards, although there's actually nine because there's a part two. So everybody says the eight teaching standards, but two of them relate, so standard eight and part two relate to your professionalism. And as teachers, when you are in front of children, you have got to be professional. So whatever has happened outside of that situation before you go into the classroom or you are on site has almost got to be filed away and then you deal with it at another time because you don't know what that child's had before they've come through the doors. You know, what's happened in their life to come through the school gates. You've got to show up and you've got to be there for them. But that at the same time, I think that teachers really do need to look after themselves because you can't be working 14 hour days and not dealing with your own bits and bobs. And I think coming out of this COVID-19, when we all do go back to whatever normality will look like, we've really got to be conscious of that, is that when we are in front of people, whether that's children, staff, we're leading, friends, that you've got that, you are at full capacity. So if you think back to the water pressure, when you are with people, you are at full capacity. And if you're not, you take a moment just to stop, think, check in with yourself and say, am I okay? Right. I'm not feeling great. What do I need to do? Right. Let's unpick it a bit and then get going again. That is a great personal strategy that you've got because showing up in that professional mode is critical, particularly for leaders, but also as a role model for the young teachers that you have, for the staff that you work with, and really importantly for those young kids. Because I know that the students that you teach in your schools are mm-hmm. from very diverse socioeconomic backgrounds. Their life at home may be very different to what they experience in your school and that's a place of safety for them yeah I've had a very 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 lucky career because every school I've worked at has had the notion that the learning comes first and we have uh, you know very high expectations and I've worked in good schools I've worked in outstanding schools but just to use my current school as an example it's right in the middle of zone one London so in terms of the qualities from my office I can see the shard when I pull up in the car park, I can see, I look up in the building, you've got the walkie-talkie building, you can see the skyline of the finance district, you can see the shard. I mean, the shard almost looks as though they built it on site. So all these London landmarks, but at the same time, you've got mm. some of the most deprived housing estates in London. Um, so it's a real mixed bag. And that's a challenge with lots of city teachers and lots of schools across the country. But we all know that there's lots of things going on in the world but it's when the child comes through the gates what is the magic that we're showing them and that magic is learning and then education transforms your life and it's our duty as teachers to get child from a to b or 
A to Z, you know, and we've got a huge challenge facing us when we go back because they've cancelled all the exams. So years 11 and year 13, who have invested so much work, well, before we left, we have a session on a Friday where year 11 come and work. Now, sometimes they come and work because they haven't done the homework. But actually, when I, I was covering this, I'm going to hypothetically call it detention. I thought, how, I said, how come you've all done, why are you all here? Haven't you all done your homework? And they said, yeah, we have done the homework. And I said, well, why are you here? And bearing in mind, this detention goes on until six o'clock at night on a Friday. And I'm thinking, why are you here? And they said, just wanted somewhere to work. And that was the mindset of the year 11. So they were on the home path. This was March, wanting their GCSEs. And that's been taken away from them. Now, I know they're going to get it back. You know, Department of Education has got solutions to this. But we've yes. got to be mindful of when they do go back. That expectation, that lamppost of life um, is going to be very different for that cohort. When I look at the environment we're living in, there's a whole lot that we're used to that we no longer have any control over. And so one of the things I've been thinking about is about what is it that I have control over that, that will make the difference and what do I have to let go of? And when you work for a very large organisation and there's a rhythm around the work, the timetable, the time of the year, and you've got all your customers or your clients or whoever's involved, well, those students, yeah, the rhythm around their life is disrupted. So this is highly complex. It's highly complicated. There's not easy solutions anywhere and we're all traversing this together. We've all got different points of view about it. Yeah. yeah. Louise, you really triggered something in me when you were talking about showing up the professional teaching standards, caring. So what I'm hearing from you is this deep care and concern for the students and your teachers' wellbeing. And really it's all about psychological wellbeing. I think we are all grieving. We are all grieving for what we've lost. And that goes to what can we control, what we can't control. So we are grieving for things that we've lost because we like some of those things. So Yeah, so we're having this conversation at seven-ish on a Saturday morning. And every Saturday morning, I write it well at seven o'clock, I'd be walking over Chelsea Bridge on my way for Victoria. So this is a Barry's class and I talk about Barry's so much, but it is my happy place. I feel overwhelming joy when I walk through Eccleston Yards to that place. But I have a routine on a Saturday and it gets me out of bed and I walk over with my coffee and I've got my friends and we always go on to the same treadmill each week. <laughs> and it's although it's, you know, if you shred it down, it's an exercise class. But there's so much about my start to the weekend that's surrounding that one class. So on a Friday, I go to bed early. I make sure I don't have a big meal um, night before because because the nature of the class is it's best going fasted. I get there, there's a, a friend on one side, there's a friend on the other. He works in the city, I get to find out about his day. I see my absolute beautiful Victoria, who I've gone on a real journey with her on food and uh, fitness. Yeah, and there's like a system, like we all come out of the class, we say how hard it's been and we go to a coffee shop and have a pastry. And I thought, I'm morning having a coffee <laughs> out. Yes. It's like part of the routine. Yeah, and the journey for your routine 
already starts as you said you're preparing for that the night before and it's become part of the way you've lived your life and your well-being so your psychological well-being around even the prep for that and missing out on it of course we have to grieve it yeah it's okay to say that you know there are so many things going on in the world and this is absolutely horrendous what is happening but there's also going to be implications for ourselves, and that's okay to say I'm missing going out for a coffee because yep. that is part of what you do I'm missing going to the exercise class because I'm missing people ah that's what I was going to say to you I think it's bigger than the coffee. The coffee is really important for me as well, but it's the environment in which I get to interact and connect. And it's the people that really are the crunch. Yeah. The bakery that we go to is called Ole and Steam. And Ole and Steam is, um, they're in London and they are, if anybody's listening to this in London, if you haven't had a cinnamon swirl, my goodness, my goodness. And there's a routine on a Saturday. So bear in mind, we've just come out of this exercise class. And then we go to this coffee shop and they have, this is pre-COVID-19 when you'd have food samples out um, <laughs> because we don't do that anymore, that they'd have a stack of these cinnamons social bites. Now, they're always really generous. It depends on the Olean steam because if you go into the one in Leicester Square, they never get samples because that's for the tourists. But this one in like Belgravia borders, I'm sure they would say Belgravia with their lease. Let's go for Belgravia. They give you a really good chunk. So <laughs> you can't buy a cinnamon social because we've just paid 25 quid for an exercise class. But by we can have as many of those tasters. So, you know, like the guy who always says, are you not having one? No, just eating them. Yeah, you do that every week. Like that banter. <laughs> I'm missing him. <laughs> yes, yeah. And how generous is it? I mean, what comes up for me is there's a generosity of spirit your own self because you're getting there because you want to see the people that you you exercise with each week the people at the coffee shop they're generous because they know they sort of grin to themselves yeah we know that this mob's going to come in and they'll buy the coffee but and they'll eat our samples so isn't that you know that's just just part of it but i just wrote down you know we've got our systems we've got our routines our psychological well-being is all tied up in these and grief is really unsettling. When there's a major change happening, we will grieve for what we've lost. And then we'll also look at, okay, what? how do we replace this? What do we do? So a lot of us are replacing by doing online gym classes or eating up, doing, doing Zooms and hangouts and heaven knows what with people just to make sure we get the connection. So, yeah. Louise, I'm going to ask you, have you got a favourite saying, something that runs around in your head a mantra or maybe a song that you always find yourself singing that sticks with you and it gets you into a place of okay I can do this I can just need to think a little bit differently about how I'm going to manage something so I've got two here I'm a little cautious about saying the first but it's only because I know myself so I don't want other people to use it and then think that that's the buy-in and it's suck it up princess um, and sometimes it's you can find yourself going in down that rabbit hole but actually all you need to do is go back to those three priorities exercise eat well and have a giggle so I think of this week and I was feeling myself go quite low on Wednesday and I could feel myself going down into this rabbit hole 
And it was, and maybe I just said, come on, suck it up, princess, have a run. No, go and do that. Come back. Do I feel better? Yes. Am I still great? No. Use your phrase, put water on your head, Carrie, have a shower, go and eat something and go to bed, put the day behind you. But yeah, suck it up, princess. And then the second one in this whole pandemic, the UK supermarkets have been a nightmare and hats off to everybody who's a key worker and currently working in supermarkets yeah. because before we went in the full shebang lockdown they were bled dry and people were you know like it was greed and really 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 unpleasant situations so when you are facing that and it's going to happen again and what you would typically buy you can't there's always a solution just because you can't buy x doesn't mean you can't have y so my second phrase is would miranda kerr eat it (laughs) (laughs) so if you want chicken and there's no chicken it's miranda kerr eats salmon eat it do you know what i mean but um you know would miranda kerr eat it so don't go into the comfort eating territory if you are feeling a bit low you know my second point was eat as best you can if you are feeling a bit don't eat a load of chocolate because you're not moving and you're going to feel rubbish. Have an avocado, have some eggs, have some nuts. What else? What else? What else? Self-coaching. You've just gone into the all question that we can all ask ourselves and use in lots of different situations. A-W-E and what else? You can do that around your choices. A-W-E, I love that. Or, And I think it's sensational because you are able to use it to come up with, gosh, I never thought about doing that. I might try that this time. So we're we're looking at opening up our opportunities and possibilities. So awe, (laughs) I love the awe question. (laughs) So getting out of bed each day, Louise, I mean, the weather I know is never fantastic in London. So you've got to be a little bit jealous of, we have had magnificent autumn days here. Magnificent to the point where I can still get out and have a swim. I can still get some sunshine but the mornings are lovely and crisp so I can't wait actually to move into winter but that could bring some other health issues for all of us as we know but what gets you out of bed most days? I've been very conscious about trying to keep my regular sleeping patterns like going to bed at a certain time and being quite protective over my sleep so the fact that it's a Saturday morning we're having this at seven o'clock ish Um, I would usually get up on a Saturday because of that gym class. So I'm really trying to live the routine and not stop living a uh, Netflix twilight hours. Before I go to bed, I write myself a list of things I want to cover in the morning um, segment. Like real quick wins on this. Put a load of washing on. Do the ironing. Have I gone out and gone grocery shopping, not to the supermarket, but using the grocers? Um, Have I done my morning plank in the morning? And using that as like, would I typically do X the first week when I keep using would Miranda Curry? (laughs) You know, I was living a life of, you know, two breakfasts and things like that. And you think, so do I, A, do I need it? And then B, would I typically do that? So what gets me out of bed in the morning is trying to keep that typicality, that routine, right. that rhythm, because that's something I can control when other things I can't control. Love that. Thank you. Because often that's what falls away when we're in a threat state, when all our head starts and our emotions start to take over. 
we can get very hooked into the what ifs. So staying present, what can I do? I think that's a great suggestion. The routine, the list is great because it also gives you an instant assessment when you can tick it off. Look, and you start to go, oh, done that, 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 and that. And it gets that routine going. So we actually are treating ourselves with respect by getting that routine going. Yeah, I like that. So thanks very much. Well, you know what? We're in the beginning of a new decade and it has just blown us all away, basically. Things that we have not expected. If you had a chance to share some of your magic with the world in this new decade, what would it be? It's okay not to be okay. It's okay to have a moment and it's okay to ease up on yourself. We all know our potential in terms of being an adult. We know what we're capable of. Sometimes that inner voice doesn't want you to go out for a run or do whatever, but just ease up on yourself. When you do exercise, and exercise doesn't have to be a run every day, it can be a walk. If you're having a moment, have a moment, but know your worth and ease up on yourself. And also, all of this has just made me so thankful for A, being a teacher that has a regular income, because so many people have been affected by this and will continue to be affected by this for a very long time. And secondly, how lucky we are to be healthy in all this. You know, what's the COVID-19 has um, sadly shown is that anybody, and when I say anybody, I'm breaking the words up here, anybody, a body can be affected by this and how fortunate we who haven't been affected or as far as we know, have a healthy body. But yes, yeah, centralising on the magic is it's okay not to be okay, but be thankful at the same time. Mm. And I think you have beautifully summed that up. At the close of our episodes, we usually look at a call to action. And it's loud and clear today that you've shared your magic with us around what it is you do for not just yourself, but anybody. And I really love that distinction. The breakdown of two words, any, A-N-Y, any of us and our bodies, because the COVID virus is affecting our bodies. We are nothing without our health. We are born to die in a way, but let's hope that we are born to live, then die. You know, your head and your mental health is so, is equally as important, in my view, more important looking after that in times like this than anything else it doesn't matter if you're a bit squidgier than what you were pre-internet but are you okay in who you are louise that is just brilliant that's the gold in our conversation today i love that so (laughs) listeners what are you going to do about your head to toe what will you do around your exercise doesn't mean you have to be a top gym junkie it means exercise of what suits you and your physicality what it is that you're going to eat so think about you know would Miranda Kerr eat this would you eat this but I think more importantly <laughs> let go of some of the carbs so we can use up the protein for that energized ways and thirdly how are you going to have a giggle how are you going to have a laugh and not feel as though you are doing something that's distasteful or you shouldn't actually laugh about the situation we all have to maintain some sense of humor around our own actions around our own thoughts and around those of others who do make us laugh 
When I was in China with Louise, we did have some absolutely amazing <laughs> times together because we used to go out very early in the morning because it was 40 degrees in Changsha. We would go out very early in the morning and we'd do our 20,000 steps <laughs> and we would join the pop where the locals were and it was just magic. We would see people out doing their exercises. We'd see people walking. We'd see people ballroom dancing. We would see people playing a game of shuttlecock or whatever they were doing. Everybody was out walking. And of course, in Changsha, it was the 10th largest regional city in China. Louise is a really gorgeous English, Anglo-Saxon young lady beautifully tall, long hair, very attractive. I'm a little bit older, guys, as you know, but I'm also English-Irish, so we were a little bit different in our outside package. Still have hearts of gold like everybody else that we met in the local park, but we just joined in and became part of the magnificence of a culture that was different to ours. So I just think for our well-being, we did that away in a, in a country where uh, you can't speak a language. You actually have to find ways to connect with people. So we did that as well. Do you know, I was also thinking about when we were in China, Carrie, is about our diets and how we ate over there. Because anything that's commercial, Western, fast food is so expensive. Spoiler, Pizza Hut night. But if you eat, like, we ate a very typical Chinese diet, which is loads of fresh veggies, moderate carbs. I mean, I think people always think of lots of rice, but there actually isn't. No. And, you know, a variety of sources of protein, whether that's coming from tofu, coming from fish, some chicken, some beef. And that has such an impact to get it, you know, on your mood. Are you eating like Miranda Kerr? <laughs> on that note... <laughs> You've just spread your magic with all our listeners, so I just want to wish you well. And thank you for keeping your routine going this morning. I'm your Barry's class this morning, right? I'm your cup of coffee. I am your good friends that you meet up with and talk about, toss around what's happened during the week. So listeners, I hope you've enjoyed our meeting Louise. Um, if you would like to know more about Louise and the work that she does, Louise, are you happy to put a contact out there? I know you love Twitter. Yeah, uh, follow me on Twitter, reach out to me at Louise underscore A underscore Martin. But can I just also say, Carrie, like you are a total 10 of life, my girl. A total 10. You are honestly the most gorgeous woman inside and out. And I really, really, really can't believe how blinking lucky I was to come across you last summer. I feel like I've known you for years. Like the laugh and the jokes and the sweat of China and trying to get, you know, language out of pharmacies. <laughs> but honestly, you are a total 10. And this is a big shout out is that anybody wants somebody to do leadership coaching, get you over here. Because honestly, Carrie, I mean it with all my heart. That is so generous. Thank you so much. And listeners, I didn't put her up to that. I have no idea what she was going to say. <laughs> She's amazing. She's amazing. All right, everybody, over to you. Special care and love for all that you do in the world with your family, your friends, with your neighbours, with those that you don't even know. So take care of your good selves. 
because your thriving matters. So until next time, it's Carrie Benedict. Many thanks to Louise Martin in London. I wish I was there with you, Lou, and I feel like I just had a hug. See you later.